Soundprints Audio Magazine, a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Soundprints is underwritten by the American Printing House for the Blind and the Louisville Downtown Lions Club. I'm Carla Rushevel. I'm your host for this week's magazine. This is Soundprints for the week of April 5, 2015, and a very happy Easter to all of our listeners. They say that when it rains, it pours, and it sure did this week here in Louisville. Between Thursday evening and Friday afternoon, we received almost eight inches of rain. We were awakened around 3.30 in the morning by flash flood warnings. Even the schools were closed on Friday because of extreme flash flooding. One of the major employers in Louisville is General Electric Appliance Park. On Friday morning around 6.30, right in the middle of all the rain and flooding, we started hearing reports of a huge fire at GE. It turned out to be a five-alarm fire, and Building 6 at Appliance Park was entirely consumed in the flames. And then on Saturday night, Kentucky lost its basketball game to Wisconsin in the NCAA tournament, which definitely has brought sadness to much of the bluegrass. On a good note, this past week the Kentucky Office for the Blind announced the hiring of Scott Fricano, the new assistant director of Kentucky Business Enterprises with the Office for the Blind. You'll have a chance to meet Scott in a future edition of Soundprints. We are also pleased to learn that Dave Lawson is the new permanent plant manager at LC Industries here in Louisville. Dave has been an assistant manager at LC for several years, and he also represents LC Industries on the Kentucky Office for the Blind Statewide Rehabilitation Council. Congratulations, Dave. We know you'll do a good job. We've been telling you about our GLCB Friday activities. On page two, we chat with Sue Ellen Milo about this past week's event. We talk about the many topics covered during that afternoon and evening, and we share some of the resources that we thought you might find useful as well. On page three, we spotlight the upcoming free guide dog eye exams. We actually ran this segment with Deb Lewis, president of the Guide Dog Users of Kentucky, last week, but we're bringing it to you again because this is of importance to all guide dog handlers throughout the country, and we experienced some difficulty with the distribution of last week's sound prints. This week on page four, we visit with Mike Hudson, director of the Callahan Museum at the American Printing House for the Blind. Mike gives us a look into events planned there throughout the spring and summer months. And on page 5 is the Soundprints calendar. Page 2. With me on the phone now is Sue Ellen Milo. Sue Ellen was at the GLCB Friday this last week and we um, we had a great time. Sue Ellen posted a great message on Facebook about all the things that we did at that event. And so I thought it would be kind of fun for us to talk with her about her uh, 
her perceptions of what went on that Friday and just a report on all the things that were happening. So welcome, Sue Ellen. Glad you could take a few minutes to talk with us. That's good to be here, Carla. Yep, that's a good idea that I was able to, you were able to catch up with me after church and all. Yes, and hope you're having a good Easter. Oh, yeah, I'm going to be going over for Easter dinner at a friend's house. That's great. That's great. Well, on Friday, we thought we would have a, a, a small crowd, and we did, because um, between Thursday night and Friday afternoon, we had uh, almost eight inches of rain here in Louisville. So we really didn't know who would come to the um, GLCB Friday, but we wanted to be there just in case some people came that hadn't called in ahead of time. We couldn't cancel. And so we just had a, a small group, but we had a great time. Tell us about some of the things that you thought were fun, and maybe we'll stop and talk about them as we go along. Okay, well, um, Carla and Adam brought in these conundrum magazines, and Adam got a few of us together, and we were playing the some of the word game things. We did the target words, um, which were a whole lot of fun. We had, I think, about Deanna, Adam, me, uh, Cecil, mm -hmm. Leonard, Kendall, six people at our table, and we managed to get up to like 62 words, I think the final count was. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And and did you did you do some of the other puzzles in Conundrum? Um, we did uh, word ladders. Mm -hmm. I wasn't as good at those, but um, Adam and Deanna especially rocked those. <laughs> okay. Now that's where you start out with one word and you change one letter each move until you get to the target word. And you have so many moves to get there. So I think... Um, one example that we had was to turn soul, S-O-U-L, into band, B-A-N-D. And, yep. and, and it gives you, tells you how many steps you can have. So, th yeah, those are really fun, too. Conundrum is a magazine that is available through the National Library Service. It's produced in uh, England by the Royal National Institute. And uh, so we get the magazine behind a little bit. It's got a very British bent to it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, very much. You realize how much difference there is in the languages when you get into that and meanings of words when you get into that magazine. But it is fun and it can, if you like word puzzles and number puzzles and things, that's a magazine to, to use. So, well, in doing that, though, that, um, that brings one little thing. We usually say games are from 7 to 10. But, you know, there's no rule that says games have to start at 7 o'clock, and thou shalt not play games before 7 p.m. So uh, you all got started on those word games, actually, before we had dinner. Yeah, we started them before dinner. We started them during what I always call, refer to as the breakout sessions. Mm-hmm, right, right. Okay, so what were some of the other things we did? And We had several things in, in the discussion group. The, the apps, yeah, yeah, we talked about apps, and we had a very lively discussion about Be My Eyes and the privacy issues related to that. I'd never realized how much of a view the camera gives mm -hmm. um, until we were talking about that. Um, and you I'll know, and what is a safe means of using Be My Eyes mm -hmm. versus, you know, things we can do to make it as safe as possible mm -hmm. if we do use it. Now, like making sure when you're asking someone to help you that you don't have 
you know, your bank statement lying where they can see it or whatever. And you'd be amazed right. how much a, a, a person can see through the camera. I mean, it's not just what you're pointing at. They can see quite a few things around. And sometimes when you just lift your phone, they might even be able to see the whole room. So you have to be a little aware of what's around and, you know, just, just even what people can see in your house. You know, yeah. Oh, over there's the laptop. Hmm. Well, you know, might be a good place to go lift a few. Oh, they got a lot of computer equipment, so you have to be a little careful um, about that. We had a good discussion, as you said, about the issues that could surround the use of that of that app. Um, the week before, we we talked about white and yellow pages. Yep, and I learned um, how to use that. And so this week, we sort of, you and I sort of did a follow-up on that. Right. We did some fine-tuning because I wasn't quite entirely sure how to, how to search with it effectively. Mm-hmm. Right. There's a few little things there, but that's a very, very accessible app that um, can be used for several purposes. Um, you can use it to find phone numbers, but you can also use it to find addresses. And you can look up by telephone numbers. So it's it's a very cool app. We might do a demo of that sometime here on sound prints for people that aren't used to it but are familiar with it but if you are um, looking for a good um, kind of like a yellow pages app uh, or directory app white and yellow pages is certainly it It'll it beats having to fool with all the craziness involved in using either using directory assistance free or um, having to get charged for it every time you need it correct yeah and plus you can look in other cities. If you wanted to find a number anywhere, you can enter the city, and um, and then it will look up for that city. So, of course, you can do that with directory assistance as well. Um, but White and Yellow Pages gives you a whole lot of options when you do a search. So that's a pretty cool app. Yes, and, and then, then I worked on the family tree. Oh yeah, that's what I was going to say. We 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 really got to do quite a bit of time. Adam says we're growing a forest. <laughs> with our trees, we have so many of us yep. working on them now that we now have a forest of trees. <laughs> so tell us about about the the genealogy things. That well, we it was interesting because we started really working on my dad's side, which I had been told it was going to be a pain in the neck because he knew for a fact that his spell that the name wasn't spelled the way that we spell it now, that it had been Americanized. And we looked, and you could see when the Americanization happened, but it was not when Dad thought it was. Dad thought it was when my dad got into Ellis Island. That may have been the first permutation, but the variation that I knew about um, changed after my grandfather's death, apparently. And how did we find that out? We used the census. Um, the 1930 census had all the more Italianized names of the children, and the last name was spelled with an I rather than an E. Mm-hmm. And then in the 1940 census, which I know was after Papa passed away, um, that um, it started that you saw it listed as M E L O. And all the children's names were completely anglicized. Yes, and 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 that was really you know I've I've um, haven't had an occasion to see that uh, on my own tree, and so it was really fun to see how that changed, and um, and you can match those up. You can 
um, you can tell your uh, app that you know, this is this is the same person, and so sometimes it doesn't auto automatically identify um, the, a person with a slightly different first name. Um, but once you get started and give it a couple of little tips, it will then begin to pull those up. So Sue Ellen, there was a, a response to your email, I mean to your Facebook post, um, where one person said, oh, I, I wanted to do my genealogy, my work on my family tree for a long time, but nothing's accessible. And we are, all of us are using accessible um, adaptive software in one way or another to make the the trees accessible. So let's chat a little bit about, about what we're doing. We're all just kind of learning how this all works. Right, and we're working on Ancestry.com. Mm -hmm. That's right. And we're using, now you are using, what What are you using for yours? I'm, yours. I'm using it on the iPhone. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm using the Ancestry app, which I got at the App Store, which was free. Mm -hmm. And we, and the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind, has purchased a subscription for the United States part of Ancestry.com. And so we're all growing our trees. All of our Friday group are growing trees in that subscription. And... So you you are actually going to be typing some of your information in with your iPad and your Bluetooth keyboard. Yeah, I'm using well, I'm using the iPhone and the Bluetooth. I've been bringing the phone, not the iPad, okay. to the okay. meeting. But oh, they been both typing, work the same. Yeah, yeah, but I've been typing it all in with the Bluetooth keyboard for the edit fields because I have never, I don't have some the finger skills to work the keyboard on the on the phone itself. Oh, and it takes so long. Itself. It just takes forever, I think, to do that, too, to use the keyboard actually on the iPhone. So, yeah, I Bluetooth my iPhone to the Apex um, and do that same thing with that app. Um, when I win the lottery, I'll get an Apex probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. And uh, But we are at this point in time um, with our new trees. Um we are uh, using the app because that will show us once we enter um, a person's, once it can find one person uh, and, and then get them into a family, uh, it then begins showing us hints. And we can, um, we can then uh, decide if these, if these people are in fact the people that we like with your dad's name, there were several people that had the same name in the Massachusetts, in the Boston area. Yeah. Yeah. So we had to decide which ones were correct and tell it to ignore the other ones. That helped us hone in on the families, and that's how we got to the 1930 census. Um, so. Right. And it's interesting because I have frequently been asked when I was living up north people would say, I know some, some Milo's, M-I-L-O. Mm -hmm. And I'd say, oh, no, no, that's not my family. And now <laughs> it's quite possible that those people may be my family. Yes, yeah, which will be very neat because we'll be able to, to find them. We've had some really fun things happen um, as, as part of that genealogy group. It's fun for me 
working with you all, showing you all how this, this all works and comes together, uh, when somebody says, well, I don't have any information, haven't written down anything, oh, that's okay, let's just enter you and your mom and dad and let's see where it goes. And all of a sudden, things start to pop up. And the, oh, yeah, that's my, that's my sister, that's, that's my uncle. You know, so it's very, very cool. And um, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that, um, actually, I'm going to begin letting, I think I'm going to, since yours is going to jump back to Italy pretty soon, um, I have a subscription that's worldwide, and I, I'm going to do help you do searches. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. Part. Oh, and yeah. And we may find the original main um, name, what it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we might, and we'll have to look in the Ellis Island records. They are on Ancestry, and so we'll be able to search those. Now that we know what year he came to this country. Mm-hmm. Yes, we we will we will be able to search those and. How did we find out the year? Um, we were going through the records. Mm-hmm. We were in the census. And it, yeah, we were in the census. Yeah, and, and there were records in there mm-hmm. with arrival dates and things like that. Yeah, it gave and it us said a little. He arrived in 1890. Yeah, and the nice and the nice thing about uh, now that was your grandfather that came in right. Right, and the nice thing about. Um, all of this is there's more information. Um, we aren't seeing all of the information even in that census on the app, which is Ancestry.com for anybody that might be interested in downloading it. But um, we're seeing enough to, to steer us in the right direction. Coming up soon um, in the next, you know, the, the next Friday or two that we have a chance to get together, um, we will begin to look at the um, at the website itself, and you all haven't been over onto the website yet, but um, it also many parts of it are accessible, and uh, you'll be able to search that with your iPhone. And I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah. Now, actually, though, when we first did this, you actually got onto that and saw several things in that um, site. I think. Uh, I think you were the person that did. Deb actually was the one who I hadn't yet gotten comfortable with Safari or gotten comfortable with Safari to do it. Yes, somebody did. Somebody took got got on with Safari, and using their iPhone and was able to look up some very cool stuff in there. Well, Sue Ellen, I think we we had a great time, and we also did something a little different for dinner that night. Yep, we had uh, pizza. Right, and even though people out there listening say, oh, y'all have done that a lot with bingo, this time we really didn't know how many people were coming. We thought there might be 10. We thought there might be 20. We had no clue. Had it not rained, we'd probably had 20, and we'd have had just a a dinner, but we didn't know. Patty didn't know how many to cook for. So we just got together, and we all said, oh, what kind of pizza do we want? And we just ordered pizza. Yep, oh, and I learned fox and hounds. (laughs) Oh, that's right. Yeah, Adam, Adam brought... Um, Adam always brings this whole bag of games and things. So we had some people playing cards, and I was doing family tree, and some people were doing crafts, and I think some people were knitting and stuff. And then Adam was over there with the checkerboard and the fox and hounds. Or, and, and, I mean, y'all were just, it was a really fun. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Yep. Well, I thank you very much for taking time out of your Easter to chat with us. 
And anyone out there who's in the Louisville area who's interested in participating. Come play with us. Absolutely. We have something different going on every week. Um, be sure and call us this week because, as you know from listening to the calendar, you need to let us know this week we're going to do carry out and um, and also we're going to support the Louisville East Lions Club for dinner. So we're not cooking dinner. We need to know how many carryouts we need to get from their chili and hot dog supper. So, well, Sue Ellen, thank you so much. We love having people come and share ideas and games and just have have fun with uh, family trees and apps and all kinds of things. And so we really appreciate you being there. I enjoy coming. It's the, it's the big thing of my week. Friday. The Kentucky Council of the Blind and its chapters provide information, advocacy, activities, and telephone support for people who are blind or visually impaired. Join our email list, visit our website, and of course, listen to Soundprints each and every week. To learn more, call us at 502-895-4598. Drop us an email at kcb at igloo.com or visit our website at kentucky-acb.org. Page 3. For the last couple of years, the Guide Dog Users of Kentucky have had an opportunity for uh, people to have some examinations for their guide dog in May. And with me today is Deb Lewis, president of the Guide Dog Users of Kentucky, and she's going to tell us about that program, which once again is available this year. Welcome, Deb. Thank you. Glad to be here. Good. Yes, this year we have the ACVO... Um, eye exams, and they'll be in May on the 22nd, and uh, Dr. Tolar is our eye doctor again for the dogs, and everyone is welcome who signs up in April. You must sign up in April, and uh, the uh, site to go to is acvo.org. It's not very difficult. It you just follow the directions. You put in your name, and I think they ask the dog's name. It's been a year since I did it, so I'm not sure of all the questions. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. You follow the directions. If you really have a struggle, and they prefer that you try to do it first, if you can't, then you can call, and, and only visually impaired and blind people may use this. It's 208 466 Four. And that's the number for the AC as the uh, American College of Veterinary Ophthalmology. And they are who actually provide the exams? Yes. Okay. And so what you do is you sign up in April and you get a number, right? You get a number and then you bring that number with you to the exam and there they'll just fill out a little piece of paper with the dog's name and age and your you know name and the, and that number on it, and I guess what they find out from looking at the dog's eyes, and then uh, it helps with research. I'm pretty sure that that's mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. purpose of it. And this is not just something that is available here in Louisville. The guide dog users of Kentucky kind of coordinate that here, but this is available nationwide, is isn't it? Yes. Okay. And you must sign up between April 1st and April 30th. 
Mm -hmm. So it, no matter where you live, if you have a guide dog, and this is available for guide dogs, not just just not just pet dogs, but um, if if you have a guide dog, no matter where you live, uh, you can sign up to uh, obtain a free eye exam for your dog. And and Deb, do you know if most of the eye exams then are done in May after you sign up in April across the country? Yes, they do them in May. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So you sign up at the American College of Veterina Veterinary Ophthalmology website. Yes. That's a mouthful. ACVO. ACVO. Okay. ACVO.org. You sign up in April. And give us that phone number again. 208 mm -hmm. 466 mm -hmm. 7624. Okay, and that's in Idaho? I believe it is. Yes. I know they're like an hour behind us, so. Mm. Uh, okay. You can call between, I think it was 8 and 4, okay. their time, so you can do 9 to 5 our time. Mm, or it could you, are you sure? It may even be 10. Oh, yeah, no, I, th I think you might be right. Yeah, I think they're two hours behind us, so that would be mountain time. Okay. Yeah, so wherever you are, if you're listening to Soundprints, remember that we think that's mountain time, so if you call and it's really um, pretty early in the morning where you are, you might want to call back if you don't get an answer. So it's a, like middle of the day. And Carla, we have other things going on with uh, guide dog users. Tell us about some of them because we have a really fun activity coming up here in April. Uh, if you're close enough to be here, you know, to, be in, to get to Louisville, and uh, we're going to visit Cave Hill Cemetery with the American Printing House for the Blind as we're co-sponsoring that activity. And Deb, I bet people out there who don't know the area are saying, now what's fun about that? <laughs> but, but Cave Hill is a very, very historic cemetery. There's a lot of famous people buried there. Colonel Sanders. Yes. <laughs> and And some of the headstones in Cave Hill are just amazing. I mean, the whole uh the the cemetery it's a large very very old historic um cemetery and there's a lot of um there's also people that you know several of us know uh there so it's it'll be a good tour well tell us about aph's tour of cave hill the time for the tour is 1 30 to 3 30 but planned to be there uh, at APH if you're riding in the van from APH to the cemetery, be there by one. You know, mm -hmm. It's better to be a little early right? and count an extra half an hour in for getting back. Mm -hmm. Because if people ask a lot of questions or they're slow walking, we could be a little late. Mm -hmm. and right. So it's better to have a little padded you know, time there, a little extra time and not be hurried. Right. Um, It'll be good. Uh, we're going to walk. They're going to let us take time to examine some of the headstones and mm -hmm. whatever we can touch on the tour, we'll get to touch. Yes. It'll be good. There are, um, Cave Hill is uh, a national historic landmark, and um, there are people who go over there and just, just 
tour and drive through, walk through, whatever, um, just virtually every every weekend, every day. I mean, it's a it's a very famous site here in Louisville. So um, that will be a very fun event. Now let's let's go back to the eye exams for just a minute. Okay. We're going to have them um, for people who want to uh, who want to have the eye exams done um, as part of of our group. Uh, it will be on May twenty two. Uh, that is right. Yes, May twenty two. We'd like to start at three o'clock. Yes. And it will be at United Crescent Hill Ministries, which is where we have our GLCB Fridays. Please remember that your dog's eyes will be dilated, so they might be seeing differently after the exam. And they have to have about 20 minutes time from the time their eyes are dilated until they're examined. Okay. All so right. You need to spend some time with us over there. You're not going to just run in and run out. Right. Um, and... Deb, should they also plan after they after they have their dogs as examined? Should they also plan to wait a little bit before they go out with they the should. dog? They should, or have someone with them that can drive them home, mm -hmm. or you know, take take a you know a cab or Lyft or you know Uber, Uber one of those whatever home, so mm -hmm. that they're not you know they're not expecting their dog to guide them. Right. Now we will also have the regular GLCB Friday activities and um, so we'll have the education and technology time, we'll have dinner, we'll have games and crafts and the GDUKY um, exams will be from 3 until around 5 o'clock or until all the dogs are seen. We, you know, no one's going to be um, turned away but you want to be sure you get there during that time, you know, don't come breezing in about 5.15 and expect for your dog to be seen because that, that won't work. No, you need to be there no later than 4.30 if you expect to be seen because right. your dog has to have time for its eyes to Correct. dilate. Yes, great point. So plan to come and have your dog's eyes examined and stay around and have some fun with us. We'd be glad to, to have you. We always have a good group for that. Um, the play, last play games, have dinner. Yes, yeah. You know, if you are going to stay for dinner, Carla needs to know, so you'll need <laughs> to call her. Yeah, so we have plenty of so we have plenty of food on hand. We always feed everybody well. We had a great time last night, didn't we? We had twenty six people last night at the wonderful. activity. Yeah, yeah. Very good time. We kind of had our own little coffee shop last night. We uh, we had a, a what we build as a jam session, but I think we'll in the future maybe just call that the. GLCB coffee shop for that night. Oh, we're also working on getting a walk together to go across the Big Four Bridge here. Oh, that'll be fun. And yeah. we're not sure of the date yet. We're trying to find some volunteers to help mm -hmm. with that. It, it isn't really a difficult walk, mm -hmm. but it's nice to have two or three volunteers to just keep the group together and, and yes. keep track of where people are and right. notice whether somebody's puzzled because their dog won't go forward and they're not checking to see that well the dog stopped because they took you to a bench yes well that is a pedestrian bridge and so that is something that many people get out and do on a nice day Saturday or Sunday afternoon so um, it's always nice to have some help because also last year when we did this when we got to Indiana let's see wasn't uh, we made a stop at an ice cream shop we did 
Yeah, so. There's lots of nice places to go over on that side of the, the bridge, so people well, might want to spend, when they mm -hmm. go, they'll spend a little time over there. Right, so be sure and listen on our calendar for that activity, and GDUKY will be doing quite a few things throughout this summer and, and the rest of this year, so make sure you keep up. And Deb, tell us about the um, the meeting, the, the regular meeting of the group. The re regular meeting is the fourth Monday on the phone at uh, 7 p.m., and we welcome guests. Right. If you want to hear what we talk about and catch up on the future plans, mm -hmm. uh, you, know, you can call in. And I don't have the number in front of me, so help me with it, please. Okay. It's 605-475-6006, and the code is 294444. So, well, we really appreciate you being on Soundprints with us today and telling us about the upcoming GDUKY activities. It's always good to, you know, spring is here when it's time for those guide dog eye exams. It happens each year. It's it's a great thing. It's a good thing to keep up with the health of your guide dog's eyes. It's always nice to have a guide dog that can see where it's going, you know. We really appreciate <laughs> ACVO for doing this. Oh, we do. It's These great. These exams could be quite expensive, and mm -hmm. they're Every year, <clears throat> Dr. Tolar finds, you know, out that, you know, there's somebody whose dog needs a little attention or they, mm -hmm. you know, they just are warned, you know, keep track of this. It might get worse or it might stay the same. Mm -hmm. And, it, you know, there's, we find out things that we wouldn't know otherwise. Sure. Maybe the vet wouldn't catch when you go to the vet's office. So. Yes. Yeah. This is great. Well, thank you so much. And we look forward well, to another good crowd this year for that activity. Sure will. All right. Thanks. You're welcome. Find books and more in accessible media with APH's free of charge Louis database. HTTP colon slash slash L-O-U-I-S dot APH dot org. Locate accessible educational materials from nearly 200 different agencies. APH products and textbooks can also be located using Louis. New extended searching now available with free Louis Plus. Visit soon http colon slash slash l-o-u-i-s dot a-p-h dot org many book materials help braille users jot notes quickly pull a-p-h's mini book braille binder out of your pocket and begin to write on the mini book slate in just seconds materials are sold separately so that you can choose the combination that's right for you call the american printing house for the blind toll free 800-223-1839 or visit www.aph.org Page 4 I'm visiting with Mike Hudson who is the director of the um, museum at the American Printing House for the Blind. Mike has been a frequent guest with us on Sound Prints in the past but he hasn't been here recently so Mike we're glad to have you back. And I'm glad to be here Carla. You have some interesting things coming up at the museum in the next few months, and we thought this would be a good time to give our listeners a preview of what's going on at APH. So tell us about the new things at the museum. Sure. Our April, of course, as you know, we do a program pretty much every month. And yes. um, our April program actually is really one I'm really looking forward to. We, we have always done a tour of some sort in the spring. Um, some years we've, we've done a walking tour of Clifton, because our neighborhood is so historic. Uh, some years we did a bus tour 
where we went uh, and looked at uh, historic industrial sites uh, all around Louisville, and those were a lot of fun. This year, we're doing a walking tour out at Cave Hill Cemetery um, on Saturday, April 25th, um, from 1.30 to 3.30. And you probably know this, Carla, but there are actually an incredible number of important historical people that have to do with the American Printing House for the Blind and the Kentucky School for the Blind buried out at Cave Hill. Um, and, uh, of course, Cave Hill is the most well-known cemetery here in Louisville and, and yes. quite old. Yes. Um, it's one of the earliest what we call garden cemeteries. Um, and Louisville's well-known for its public parks, and Cave Hill really fits right into that that kind of garden cemetery where it's not just, you know, row after row of of uh, gravestones and monuments, but it's also, you know, landscaped and has fountains and just gorgeous gardens and trees. It's really a, really a lovely place. So we are going to um, have a... Uh, passenger van that's going to leave from APH and take folks over to the cemetery and then we're going to walk around and look at uh, people like Susan Merwin oh wow was yeah the first uh, uh, female superintendent superintendent at the Kentucky School for the Blind and also the first female superintendent here at the American Printing House for the Blind very much beloved Uh, started out as a teacher at KSB um, eventually became um, the assistant uh, director or assistant superintendent here at APH when uh, Benjamin Huntoon was kind of in his later years and, and he was sick a lot and so she kind of took over for him and then eventually she became the superintendent and uh, very much beloved at both KSB and, and APH. Died of influenza um, hmm. in, the, in the 1920s, really after only having been on the job here for just a few years, but she made a lot of changes. Uh, for the best at both at both KSB and and uh, and APH. So it's kind of kind of be that kind of a tour where we're gonna we're gonna go to the monument and then we're gonna uh, uh, talk a little bit about the history of, of the, a lot of these significant people. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you know, but the founding board at APH uh, was essentially the board of the Kentucky School for the Blind. Mm-hmm. We just grabbed them all. <laughs> <laughs> And so they, the well, because board, APH grew out of the school. Yes, it did, yes. essentially. Yes. Yeah. And so the, the board at KSB was really a bunch of movers and shakers mm-hmm. back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Which is interesting we, that they had a board. Yes, they had their yes. own board of visitors. Right. And um, uh, that's just kind of the way that public institutions worked back then. Yeah, too bad um, we don't have that now. Well, a, a board can be a, a powerful thing, yes. I think, both ways, yes. you know, but mm-hmm. in, in, it was very powerful back then. You know, we've talked before about um, how during the Civil War that the kids were kicked out of the school in favor of making it into a hospital, mm-hmm. and uh, that was nipped in the bud pretty quickly. It was only a few months that the kids were out of the school, but the reason that they were able to, to stop it was because they had gentlemen on the board like uh, William Bullock and uh, Judge Guthrie, and and these guys were really influential uh, movers and shakers in Louisville. I mean, mm-hmm. nothing happened in Louisville that these guys were not didn't have their hand in. If, Big if names at a, the time. Yeah, if a yeah. railroad was coming in, those guys were involved. You yeah. know, if 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 a big bank was in, was being chartered, those guys were involved. Well, they were also on the board at KSB, and they're all buried out at um, at uh, at Cave Hill. Oh, how neat. 
So we're looking forward yeah. to that. And uh, if you want to register for that, you just need to call Katie Carpenter, our educator, at 899-2213. Uh, we actually are going to have a, 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 a van that's going to leave from the APH parking lot. So the Cave Hill Cemetery Tour really sounds great, and I hope a lot of people sign up. Uh, I'm assuming that they will also be able to meet you there if they That's correct. Want. That's correct. Okay. That's right. And we'll give you information when you call about where to meet us at if you want to if you want to meet us at the parking lot there at Cave Hill. Okay, so be sure and call even if you don't need a ride. Call to oh, sign absolutely. up for the tour. Oh, absolutely. That's yeah. true, you know, uh, always for our yes. program. So that helps us know how many people are going to come. Right. Okay. All right. So tell us about some of the other things coming up uh, so in May, May program, June. Yeah. Our May program is uh, on Saturday, May 23rd at 1030. It's going to be called Telling the Story, 10 Artifacts. Oh, you've and, done that before. Well, kind of. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I think it was last year we did a program about 10 blind people that everybody should know. Mm -hmm. And this one is more 10 it's kind of the same idea, only it's 10 artifacts that, it, that everybody should know. Mm -hmm. And so we are going to pick 10 very significant artifacts and, and give everybody a chance to explore them by both touch and, uh, and sight. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to explain to you how they're significant. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's going to be a really, that's going to really be an enjoyable program. We're, we're pulling it together, Katie and I are right now, and we're having a lot of fun picking our 10, 10 artifacts. Great. Oh, I bet you are. Lots so. of stories in our collection. And, <laughs> yes. uh, and uh, that's what we do best, we like to think, is stories. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so that's May 23rd that's May. at 1030? 1030. Right. At 1030. Yeah, and it's okay. also about an hour and a half program, so 1030 okay. to noon. All right. Then this summer, we're having our film festival again. Oh, good. And uh, we've had a, gosh, just a great response to our film festival oh, yeah. in the last two years. Yeah. And uh, this summer, we are actually uh, shifting focus a little bit and doing documentaries. Mm -hmm. um, so as always, we're looking at the way that filmmakers look at people who are blind or visually impaired. Mm -hmm. um, the last two years, we've done uh, feature films, and this year, we're going to do documentaries. And so, uh, for instance, one of them is, is called Blind Sight, and it's about six young people and their blind guide who climb Mount Everest. Mm -hmm. that, doesn't that sound like a great story? Mm -hmm. um, yes. Wonderful film. And uh, just like the last uh, uh, two years, we will have a, a lady from over at Bellarmine College who's a film scholar, Nancy uh, Erbstein, and, and Nancy will basically lead the discussion both a, a little bit at the be beginning and then at the end, and we just kind of talk about you know, how the filmmaker uses the blind characters in his film and, um, you know, what stereotypes are there, what, what, you know, how is the film accurate, how is it, how is it wildly inaccurate, and they mm -hmm. always, you know, are all over the place. Mm -hmm. um, but it's a really fun series, and I think, you know, we've had great attendance, and, of course, we have, you know, popcorn and, and you know, movie snacks and sure. things like that, so yeah. it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And so that's June 27th, July 25th, and August 22nd here at the Printing House. Okay. Uh, and the films are, all three are going to be from 1230 to 3. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, again, you can call 899-2213, and you can register for any of those films. Or if you want to find out more information about our uh, all of our programs, you can go to our website at aph.org forward slash museum. Well, it just sounds like so much fun for the summer. And um, these two things in April and May really Really, um, I think will be an, 
excellent. They're they're kind of carrying on programs that you've done in the past, but the but the take on them, the the, the uh, direction they're going is just just really interesting. I think that Kville tour is going to be terrific. Hey, as you know, we we did our walking tour last year of yeah. the uh, the waterfront. Uh huh. And everybody just loved that, and, mm-hmm. and I did too. I hadn't been down there, mm-hmm. and in truth, I've never been to Cave Hill. I don't know if you have. Yes, um, my parents. Have, yeah. My parents are buried at Cave Hill. Is so. that true? Is yeah. it, well, I mean, like, I mean, I don't mean to. I mean, if you, mm-hmm. I don't know where everybody's parents are buried, but mm-hmm. the thing is, is that Cave Hill is just the cemetery here in Louisville. <laughs> it <laughs> is. <laughs> of course, I know you would feel that way. Yes, uh, well, <laughs> if, if your folks are up there, but it's just yes. a really beautiful place. Mm-hmm. And, and so much history, so many important people that are associated with both the school and APH, and I think people mm-hmm. are going to, you know, for one, just enjoy getting out. Well, and it's just really a, a beautiful place. You know, you think inter- all all cemeteries have rules and things like that. Cave Hill has um, a number of rules that anybody there, you know, that the um, they that they have you have to comply with a number of rules um, that uh, you know that are that are um, that govern what kind of um, headstones can be there um, or uh, you know the kinds of well there's just a lot of little little things there and it that keeps the whole they, place it's kind of like having a neighborhood association yes uh, yeah that's a right. that's a good description yeah and um, and they do they really do a great job too of keeping it very nice. Yeah, it's very well landscaped and, yes. and mowed and all that. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's wonderful. It's kind of sad when you do hear about a cemetery that that, that doesn't have those kinds of protections and, and people's mm-hmm. folks are there and they don't mow it. And it's, you know, that's, yeah. that's yeah. not a situation you want to find yourself in. It's really a, a big place, too. It's not like just it's a huge. little corner. <laughs> <laughs> it's huge. People it's huge. go over there for tours all the in, time. We're just going to go in three or four sections yeah. that where, where folks that are important to our story are kind of clustered. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being with us on Soundprints. We'll look forward to hearing about more activities coming up in the fall and the winter next year as as the time gets closer to those events. There's always interesting things going on at the museum. So if there's there's any additional activities or events that happen, um, be sure and and let us know, and we'll have you back to tell us about anything that gets added to the schedule. Thank you, Carla, very much. Page 5, the Sound Prince Calendar. Unless otherwise indicated, you can join conference calls listed on this calendar by dialing 605-475-6006 and entering code 294444. Bluegrass Council of the Blind activities are held at the BCB office located at 1093 South Broadway, Suite 1230 in Lexington, unless otherwise indicated. You do need to register for BCB events and activities. Their phone number is 859-259-1834. Demonstrations of assistive technology and some tech training is available each Friday morning at the BCB office. Don't just drop in for tech training. Call ahead to make an appointment. Greater Louisville Council of the Blind Activities are held at United Crescent Hill Ministries, 150 South State Street in Louisville. It is important that you call and register for GLCB events in advance. The number is 502-895-4598. April 9. 
Northern Kentucky Council of the Blind will hold its conference call meeting for this month at 7 p.m. The conference line is 605-475-4700 and the code is 155-619. For more information about NKCB, contact Jerry Slusher at 859-781-7369. On April 10, there are several events. The Bluegrass Council invites you to assistive technology and training at their office. The Louisville East Lions Club will be holding its annual spring chili supper from 4.30 to 7 p.m. at St. Leonard's Church, 400 Zorn Avenue in Louisville. It's $5 per person, and the dinner includes chili, hot dogs, dessert, and drink. Purchase tickets from any club member or at the door. And on April 10, GLCB Friday will be happening. Education and technology from 3.30 to 6. Bingo and cards from 7 to 10. Dinner that evening will be supporting the Louisville East Chili Supper. $5 per person. We'll be having carryout if you wish to come to the EdTech activities before 6 o'clock. Or you can attend the Chili Supper early and then ride our bingo shuttle over at between 6 and 6.30 and join the fun at UCHM. To sign up for either carryout or our Chili Bingo Shuttle, call us by 5 p.m. on Thursday afternoon. April 11 is the GLCB board meeting at 11 a.m. on the conference line. And April 11 will be the Eastern Kentucky Christian Council of the Blind meeting from 1 to 3 p.m. at the Breathitt County Library in Jackson. For more information or to let them know that you're coming to the meeting, contact Joey Couch at 606-216-8033 or Frank Campbell at 606-693-9360. On April 13, the Bluegrass Council will hold a community outing from 5 to 6.30 p.m. at Ramsey's Diner, 4391 Old Harrodsburg Road in Lexington. Call the Bluegrass Council to sign up in advance. April 14 is the BCB board meeting from 9 to 10.30 a.m. at the BCB office in Lexington. Also on April 14, the Support Alliance of the Visually Impaired, SAVVY, will hold its monthly meeting from 1 to 3 p.m. at the Wing Avenue Baptist Church, 628 Wing Avenue in Owensboro. Call Rick Boggess at 270-684-4418 or Bill Roberts at 270-485-8170 for more information about the meeting or about Savvy. April 17, the Bluegrass Council will be holding its assistive technology and training in the morning at its office, but the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind will not be holding its GLCB Friday activities on April 17. April 19 is the KSB Alumni Board Meeting at 8 p.m. on the conference line. April 20 is the KCB Board Meeting at 8 p.m. on the conference line. April 22 is the Bluegrass Council of the Blind VIP Meeting from noon to 2 p.m. at the BCB office in Lexington. Lunch is included and the program is by Sarah Faulkner on Laughing and Better Health. Be sure to register ahead of time. April 23 is the Middle and High School 
instrumental concert at the Kentucky School for the Blind, 6.30 to 7 p.m. The school is at 1867 Frankfurt Avenue in Louisville. April 24 is the Statewide Rehabilitation Council meeting. This is the quarterly meeting of the SRC, and it's held at the McDowell Center, 8412 Westport Road in Louisville. Call Jennifer Wright with the Office for the Blind at 502-564-4754 for details and to let her know that you'll be attending. Also on April 24, the Bluegrass Council will hold its assistive technology training in the morning and the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind will be holding its quarterly meeting and dinner. There will be a bargain table, dinner, the meeting, and the annual elections for the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind. This replaces the GLCB Friday events for that week. Dinner will be $5 per person. Be sure to call ahead to sign up. April 25 is the Cave Hill Cemetery walking tour that you heard about in an earlier feature on this week's Sound Prints. 1.30 to 3.30 p.m. Sponsored by the American Printing House for the Blind. The Guide Dog Users of Kentucky are also participating in this event. Be sure to contact the Printing House at 502-899-2213 to let them know you'll be attending and also to let them know if you'll need transportation. April 26, the Kentucky Council of the Blind Next Generation is holding a brunch at 1.30 to 3 p.m. at the Maker's Mark Bourbon House and Lounge, 446 South 4th Street in Louisville, RSVP by noon on April 10. Call or text 502-750-1774 or email alsmoot87 at gmail.com. Also on April 26, ACB Families will be holding its monthly conference call and the topic this month will be how to spend less and do more at ACB National Conventions. Everyone is cordially invited to attend and participate in this discussion. On April 27, the Guide Dog Users of Kentucky will hold its next membership meeting at 7 p.m. on the conference line. Some activities that are happening in May are as follows. May 2 is the GLCB Derby Party, a day-long event filled with fun, games, food, and lots of friends. On the first Saturday in May, of course, at United Crescent Hill Ministries. More details next week. On May 22, the Guide Dog Users of Kentucky will be hosting an opportunity for you to have your guide dog receive an eye exam. Be sure to sign up in April, as was explained by Deb Lewis in an earlier feature in Sound Prints this week. The Eye exams will be available from 3 to 5 p.m. at the United Crescent Hill Ministries. GLCB will also be hosting its regular GLCB Friday events that day, so be sure to come and plan to participate in both activities. On May 23, APH is hosting Telling the Story, 10 Artifacts, 10.30 to 12.30 p.m. at the APH Museum. On May 30, the Eastern Kentucky Christian Council of the Blind will be holding its summer picnic at the Perry County Park in Hazard. It'll be from 4 to 7 p.m. 
Contact Joey Couch at 606-216-8033 for more information or call Frank Campbell at 606-693-9360. In June, the Kentucky School for the Blind Alumni Association invites you to its 70th annual reunion, June 5 and 6, at the Ramada Inn on Zorn Avenue in Louisville. More details coming soon. And in July, the 54th Annual ACB Conference and Convention will be held in Dallas, Texas from July 3 to July 11. Exhibits, workshops, tours, programs, friends, and fun, fun, fun. KCB will be providing a $150 stipend for our members who attend and who meet our general session attendance requirements. Contact KCB for more information on how you can participate in our stipend program. The convention is at the Sheridan Dallas, 400 North Olive Street in Dallas, Texas. More information on the convention is available at www.acb.org or see your monthly Braille forum or e-forum for more information. There are always informative articles included in every edition of the Braille Forum. If you have questions about the Kentucky Council of the Blind or need information on resources for people with vision loss, call us at 502-895-4598 or email us at kcb at com. Sound Prince is a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind and is heard each week on ACB Radio Mainstream at acbradio.org, Central Kentucky Radio I at radioi.org, and the KCB website at www.kentucky-acb.org. Complete schedule information is also available on the website. Sound Prince is underwritten by the Louisville Downtown Lions Club, and by the American Printing House for the Blind. This is Carla Rushable for Sound Prints. Have a great week, everybody.